This is a Pain Information Network Q&A. Well, let's answer some questions today. We've got some pretty good questions. You can leave it at paininformation.com. I read everything, and I appreciate the feedback. And anything you want to hear, I'll talk about it. I also would be grateful if you go to iTunes and leave a review. Helps us rank, helps get us up there so that people can find us. And it's funny because I'm competing against some kind of weird stuff. It's not really competition anyway, but I'm right there between weird stuff. And I'm sure it has to do with some type of algorithm or anything, but this painful experience with SQL Server is ahead of me. So let's let's bliss. Let's pass that and get into kind of health management as opposed to technical stuff and learn some some valuable information that improve people's function and quality of life. So, all right, let's get to this. All right, what is a trigger point injection? Well, a trigger point injection is pretty common, and it's done using a needle. I'm sorry, it's a needle. And it goes uh, and approximates what's called a trigger point after it's been properly diagnosed and medicine is injected. What kind of medicine? Most people use local anesthetic, maybe a little steroid, maybe a little NSAID of another type like Toradol or Ketorolac. That's fine. Either one of those are fine because what trigger points are in the world, according to me anyway, as opposed to what people think they are, is two different things. Travell in the 60s had a textbook uh, written with uh, another fellow, I can't remember his name, and it was kind of considered a Bible on trigger points. And, you know, great, uh, 1960, long, long time ago. Uh, let's fast forward to where we are right now. Trigger points are a peripheral manifestation of a central nervous system problem. And this is the world according to me, but I think it's right. Neurobiologically, we are wired inside out as opposed to outside in. In other words, a lot of our pain processes begin in the central nervous system and are perpetuated in the central nervous system, and that would be chronic pain. That would be the pain of fibromyalgia, interstitial cystitis, uh, the pain of CRPS or chronic regional pain syndrome. And it's intimately related to the neurobiological mechanisms of addiction and also of depression. So it has to do with a lot of chemicals and it has to do with a lot of relationships. Some of those relationships show up as, quote, trigger points or tender areas in the muscle around the neck, low back, the um, thoracic region around the scapula or the wings of the back, some people call it, and even abdominal trigger points, the vastus lateralis on the side of the thigh. I could go on and on. There's all sorts of trigger point maps. And I, I don't know why people make maps of this stuff, but they make maps and they swear, people swear that they can feel these trigger points. Well, they might be able to. They may feel as knots or knots that are not. Um, I, I don't feel them like other people feel them, but hey, you know your body, you know what you feel. I'm not there all the time and I see you as a snapshot. So what you tell me, I believe. Okay. It, it's painful and they think it needs to be rubbed. Okay, well, if, the, if this is a central nervous system problem and it's showing up as a trigger point, as a peripheral manifestation of a central nervous system problem, which is really what the muscle pain of fibromyalgia is, etc., 
then does it make sense to go mashing that thing? Does it make sense to do t- uh, deep tissue mas- massage? I, I don't think so. Uh, you're just kind of throwing gasoline on a fire. I've said this before, but I want to kind of drive it home. So let's just say we're using our thumb or we're using our fingers to massage this out. And I hear stuff all the time. Oh, it's a blood flow issue. Oh, there's changes in the muscle. That's not true. You know, sensitive muscle biopsies have not really necessarily shown there's a problem with the muscle at all. And this has been going on forever. And as people try to understand the disease processes and the neurobiological processes of something as I I think is uh, functional as fibromyalgia, they look at these things as uh, X marks the spot when it doesn't always work that way. So in goes the trigger point injection at the trigger point. It might be just as problematic as using deep tissue massage. And what they say is, I feel great after massage. And within 24 hours, I don't feel so great. Because, yeah, it feels good while it's getting done, but later on, you've aggravated something and you've pretty much jumped the shark. And then it hurts a little bit more. Not always. I'm generalizing. But I can tell you, if you think of things as inside out as opposed to outside in, you got to be careful with these trigger point injections. Now, you really have to be careful of trigger point injections with steroid. I don't think people realize how much steroid they get through the year. People that hurt tend to have their joints injected. They take steroid dose packs. They get trigger point injections. And all of a sudden, it's really adding up. Oh, it'll weaken my bones. Well, it could. Yeah, you could gain weight. Yeah. You could have problems with uh, other issues, too. Steroids are not benign. They have a lot of side effects. And what you read as side effects on steroids is kind of scary, but temperate. Usually, if you keep the steroid to a dull roar, it's okay. But remember, the founders that actually got the Nobel Prize in medicine of steroids did not believe that they should be used clinically. And that goes back quite a few years, but that's true. They really cautioned people from using steroids. They understood the anti-inflammatory effect. They really introduced steroids as an important part of understanding our physiology and what happens to us because we all have steroids in us. Steroids are pretty much everywhere throughout your body. They're ubiquitous, as we say. But we have to be very careful with steroids. Now, NSAIDs, well, that's another form of steroid or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, non-steroidal. And it surprises people that even acetaminophen or Tylenol, the brand name, is uh, uh, in NSAID as well. It's a central nervous system NSAID. Um, some might call it a type 3 NSAID uh, and, or a COX-3 NSAID. There's a lot of different uh, terminologies that's used for acetaminophen. But the point is this. If you're taking a medication, know that that they all have potential side effects. You just have to be careful. You have to be an informed consumer. So if somebody's coming at you a needle and they're doing it every month and there's steroid in there, yeah, you're going to have some problems. Be careful. Talk it over with your care practitioner. 
and make sure you keep real good track of the amount of steroids you're getting. Your family doctor doesn't know what your orthopedist is doing, and your orthopedist doesn't know what your rheumatologist is doing, usually speaking. And we'd love to have that intercommunication, and someday we will have it. But medicine, especially in America, has been very slow to adapt digital communication. And there's a lot of issues around that. We're working through it. We're kind of in the Model A years. We'll get there. Okay. So as far as trigger points go, yeah, I do them. I do inject trigger points. And you get a little hot spot every once in a while. That's not a problem. Get them a lot, that's a problem. And steroids could be a problem. Can it aggravate things? Yes. Can it help? people yeah it can help people if they have a specific area and you have a specific diagnosis it's okay to throw a little bit of medicine in there one other little point in this saga is um, some medicines you inject are myotoxic now what does myotoxic mean it can hurt muscles and some people have noticed after trigger points they get this cute little dimple (laughs) and That's where the muscle actually broke down. It usually fell in over time, but it's a cosmetic issue. So once again, any medical procedure, you have to know the risk-award benefit. Are you really going to get a lot out of this? Are you really going to benefit from a trigger point injection? Or do you want to start thinking inside out, start working with either medications or at the spinal level, that sort of thing? I think that's probably where you want to go. That being said, trigger point injections endure. They continue to be utilized, uh, and I think excessively, and uh, they they are flanked by all sorts of uh, I wannabes, like dry needling technique, worthless, don't do it. Um, Deep tissue massage, talk it over with your physical therapist, talk it over with uh, your uh, doctor that referred you there, your physiatrist, for example. It can be helpful. But it has to be helpful for the right person, right diagnosis, right condition. Otherwise, it's just aggravating things. And finally, if you're getting trigger point injections, understand that when you get needles introduced as sharp objects, (laughs) there are things around sharp objects. Um, You might have blood vessels that could be penetrated, and you get a big slug injected into your uh, vessel. Uh, You might be getting some thoracic trigger points and the individual doing them uh, kind of forgot there's a lung there and all of a sudden you have a pneumothorax or a collapsed lung. Uh, You may be getting a deep injection into the psoas muscle or something along those lines and a ureter is hit or a kidney is hit. Uh, Just be cautious with sharp objects. That's all I can tell you. My mom said never run with scissors, and I'm very, very careful with needles. Okay, so, all right, let's move on to the next question. I'm allergic to morphine and hydrocodone and all the narcotics. Okay, what does allergic mean? Well, allergic is not itching. (laughs) It might be. In other words, it might be part of a cascade that leads to real problems, and Allergic is very different than side effect. And one of the side effects from morphine and some of the opioids is histamine release. And if you've ever had hay fever, you know what a histamine release is. And that's where you take an antihistamine and you'd feel better. That would be diphenhydramine, brand name Benadryl, 
uh, hydroxyzine, Atarax, and that sort of thing. You would take these medications and you'd feel better. Your eyes wouldn't be running. Your nose wouldn't be running. You wouldn't feel swollen. Sometimes people say they feel funny swallowing. That is not airway constriction. That's feeling funny swallowing. If you have trouble breathing, another story. <laughs> Don't ever take that uh, as a benign problem. Trouble breathing or chest pain is a medical emergency. Okay, so I take a morphine and I start itching. And I itch on my nose, that's common, around my eyes. I um, itch in my arms, especially the lower arm and the uh, top of the thighs. And, and I just feel weird. And I'm having an allergy. No, you're not. Probably that's just a histamine release. If you're concerned, of course, I'm never going to tell someone, don't go to the ER. Yes, if you're concerned, that's what emergency rooms are for. I'm never going to tell somebody not to dial 911 if they're concerned. But just knowing side effects can help you better understand what's going on with a medication or a new medication. So when you pick your prescription up, there's a pharmacist there. It's not a bad idea when you get started on something potent like an opioid that you just say, hey, can I, can I just ask you some questions? I mean, it's very reasonable. Pharmacists are, are terrific. They are, the, I think, one of the most important resources that we have in medicine. They really, really get these medications and pharmacology. And, yeah, they may be busy and they may be hurried because there's a lot of prescriptions and there's a backlog. And you're at a pharmacy like Walmart that's just filling, filling, filling. But I, I guarantee you, if you have a concern, a pharmacist will stop what they're doing. And vast majority of the time, they'll say, yeah, okay, well, let me tell you about opioids. Let me tell you about some of the things to worry about. Let me tell you about um, the potential for habituation. That is not addiction. Tolerance, that is not addiction. And dependence, that is not addiction. And, yes, you can become addicted to these medications. But usually under the watchful eye of a physician, you're going to do fine. And I will be sure and help the physician help you. That relationship is key. And I can tell you the pharmacists around me are one of my best resources to help in quality care for a patient. They, um, they fill in a lot of gaps. So understand what a real allergy is. And we're going to be talking, of course, on that more. That's rule four. Rule four, know thy meds. All right. Oh, gosh. Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. It's getting more digital now, so that's good. But let me go through some things we want to know when we're doing a pain interview or discussion. Okay? The chief complaint. What is bothering you the most right now? That's in your words. I have right arm and shoulder pain. I have low back pain. That's not a diagnosis. It's a descriptor. Number two, what is your pain level? And I'll, I'm just going to throw one out called the visual analog scale. There's other scales. They're all pretty much worthless, but <laughs> we use them. And it's a good idea we track them because sometimes they give us some information. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst pain you've ever experienced in your life, what is your pain? 
Most people that have chronic pain are between 7 and 10. Or 11, 13, 14. Let me give you a hint. Um, <laughs> when I give you a 1 to 10, 10 is tops. All right. Next thing. How do I feel? Great to poor endurance. Great to poor Normally, I feel great, depressed, moody, sad, that sort of thing. We're looking for those descriptors. My function and quality of life has improved or declined. My sleep, that's uh, terrible. Most people with chronic pain have trouble sleeping. That is not a sleeping pill. That is something that we need a clear diagnosis. And then we either have a pain diagram where you can diagram your pain. I hate those. Uh, people with a certain type of uh, pain states blow them up. They mean nothing to me. But descriptive pain is much more relevant. Shoulder, right, arm, right, first two fingers, right. All right, C6, I get that. All right. Descriptors, dull, constant, achy, throbbing, tingling, sharp, weakness, etc. You know, some of these words like burning and stabbing are important to me because I'm figuring out if you have a neuropathic primary, if you have a nociceptive primary. A number of different things are running through my mind when I look at those descriptors. So be careful with those. Those are really important. It improves with what? It's made worse. What tests have I had done? Was this an injury, sports-related, work-related? Tell me a little bit about it. Tell me your medications. Tell me your allergies. Now, we just went over allergies, and I did that on purpose. I really want to know what your allergies are, but I want to know what real allergies are. You've been to a physical therapist. You've been to a chiropractor. I love chiropractors. I love physical therapists. And then we do something called the review of systems. Now, this is important because it tells us a lot about you from eye, ears, nose, and throat, all the way down to hematologic and lymphatic. And so we'll have you go through those, and you're going to hate doing that. But if we're doing our job, we're going to ask those questions. All right, so you've had surgeries and hospitalizations. Yeah, I've had C-sections, hysterectomy, that sort of thing. Nail it down. I want to know what you've had. If you had back surgery, don't tell me you had back surgery. Say, I think it was L5. I had a fusion and they put hardware in know you it's important to know you medical problems goes without saying heart lung strokes diabetes etc need to know it especially you know things like diabetes mean something to us if we're going to do injections and we involve steroids we're going to shoot your blood sugar up we don't want to do that (laughs) not know that you have diabetes because we could put you in the hospital so let us know i mean seriously the more information you give us, it may seem like we're not listening to you. Yeah, we're listening to you. If you write it down and you come in organized, oh, bless you. If if it's on a portal, if you're doing it on an electronic health record, that's great, too. We can see that. Family history, that's really, really important. And please tell us if you've been to pain clinics, if your family members have been to pain clinics, what kind of problems they've had, what kind of chronic disease states. Just Help us. Help us help you. Social history, don't smoke. Please don't smoke. But if you do, be honest. If you drink alcohol, don't mess with me. I want to know if you drink alcohol. I do not want to kill you. And drinking alcohol, we have this saying in medicine. (laughs) 
giving away all the secrets here. You drink two beers, I write four. And I'm not trying to be punitive. I'm trying to be safe. I am trying to help you. Are you single, divorced, in a relationship? And don't be shy. You know, those doors are closed. That room is your protected environment. Be honest with me. Um, If you're having, um, say, for example, unprotected sex and multiple people and you're not sure about the backgrounds of these people and that sort of thing, and you come to me with neuropathy and weird feelings, and I'm going to be using a lot of needles and things like that, and it turns out you're an HIV risk or even hepatitis risk or you've used IV drugs or something like that, please just be honest with me. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And you'd be surprised how many people get mad at me when I ask them to come back alone to the exam room without their spouse, without um, some family member. And that's why I need answers and I need them confidentially. Are you working or not? Do you like your job? Is a lawyer helping you? I don't care if you have a lawyer. If you have a lawyer, great. I grew up in a family of lawyers. I like lawyers. But the reason I need to know is because I need to be prepared with certain paperwork. I need to be prepared with certain um, certain defined ways we do things so that we can facilitate both you and your legal question, be it uh, litigation or be it workers' comp, whatever it is. But we're not trying to second-guess you. We just need the information. And then we're going to look at you for your gait, affect, appearance. I want to help uh, as many people that need certain services as I can. And if you're a little disheveled or you're just not kind of together because you haven't been thinking properly or whatever, I'm going to ask you your orientation, person, place, and time. And I'm going to try to put it together. Is your your life maybe not going great at home or do you need a little help? Do social services need to help you out? Maybe home health, something like that. I'm going to look for that. All right, so that's the intake. Then we're going to do physical therapy. I know you hate these forms and all that sort of thing, but I have mine too. (laughs) So I'm going to do the physical therapy, then I'm going to make medical decision-making. Always remember, I'm going to give you what you need, not always what you want. So um, please, uh, don't get mad at me. Uh, Don't get mad at your care provider. Uh, We're going to make medical decisions, and we're going to try to make the best medical decisions Uh, that we can based on this available information. So that's your intake form. And I'll go through some other forms along the way or some other uh, documents along the way because informed consent is important and uh, other uh, documents help us. So that's the beginning for us. Think like that. That's why we're asking those questions and we need to know those questions uh, are answered correctly and that we're given proper information so we can move to step two. Okay, history, physical, medical decision-making, and then give you the best possible outcome. All right, so that's why we do what we do, and I appreciate you listening. And once again, leave me more questions, paininformation.com, if you have any more. And I'm going to tackle a couple more questions within uh, the next few days. People want to know more about these forms and why we have to do so many. It's getting worse, I can tell you. I, I have stepped up my documentation we all have to step our our documentation 
there's a lot of uh, mandates to do certain things we never thought we'd have to do. But we're doing them, and we're going to do them for you, and we're going to keep giving you great care. All right, talk to you soon. Thank you.